Hello and welcome back. This is Dr. Christopher Gennari. This is Great Big History Podcast. In this episode, we do the Roman Republic and the collapse of the Roman Republic. So when we left off, we had created a new world, an interconnected world, a giant world stretching from the Atlantic to the Euphrates, from Britain to the Sahara, where Rome was the center, a giant cosmopolitan city bristling with ideas and trade and wealth, global in its reach and its tastes. So what went wrong? Why does the Roman Republic collapse? Well, briefly, we start with inequality. The rich got super rich. And the poor got poorer. The middle classes got poorer. Because they lost their farms. They got bought out by the super rich patricians who created plantations and replaced Roman workers with slaves conquered in all of these wars. That the backbone of the Roman society, the Roman farmer, got outsourced to Sicily. Sicilian farmers. Plantations in southern Gaul and Spain. Now you had olives and grapes and even Roman wine getting replaced by Greek wine or Spanish wine. The rich got richer because they could tap into this global, globalized world. And you even get a group, like today, of the super, super rich. You get, you get a good size of rich people, but you also got the super rich, the top one-tenth of one percent. The Crassuses, who are so rich, as, as, as Crassus is supposed to have said, no man is truly rich till he can buy himself an army. And that's exactly what the super rich do. They will buy themselves armies. Why? Because there's still the need for glory, for the triumph. It doesn't, the Roman culture doesn't care how much money you've got. That's not dignity. That's not dignitas. That's not autoritas, authority. You can't walk in and go, look at how rich I am. There's other rich dudes. So you needed glory through war. But what if there's no wars? What if there's no one to fight? You've conquered everybody. Well, the idea is you make your own war. You make your own army to go off and fight the Greeks or invade Egypt or go fight Germans or go invade Britain. You make your own army or you go fight rebellions in Spain and Sicily, slave rebellions in Sicily. You go find some African king to go beat up on. So you get private armies and private wars, which means you paid for the army yourself, which means when you win, you get all the reward. So you get even more money. And people will fight for you. Why? Because they lost their farms. Rome, the globalized Rome, wasn't working for a lot of the middle class workers. And so here comes a guy who says, hey, I work for Marcus Employment Company. The Marcus uh, Military Employment Company. Patricia Marcus is hiring a few good men, and I remember you. 
You were awesome. You were terrific. You have the skills we need, sir. And I can take a look at your shitty little house in a shitty little neighborhood in Rome. I see that you're getting welfare from the state, free food and cheap entertainment, like a loser. And I'm here to offer you. I'm here to offer you $75,000 per year, free equipment, plus a percentage of whatever we take, as long as you join us and go beat up on some stupid Greeks. What do you say? Who would say no? You're unemployed. You lost your farm in the war. You lost your farm when it got bought out by, a, by the local patrician. Your kids don't respect you because you don't have a job, and you're talking about the glory days like you're Al Bundy. Oh, back in high school, I school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back at Zama. Yeah, 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 Dad. I, I, we've heard about Zama. Thanks. Great. Go back to sit on the couch and drink your beer. Whatever. Your wife doesn't respect you because, again, you're not bringing in any money. You're not providing for her. So you lost dignity. And here comes a guy who will give it to you. And all he asks, the only thing he asks, is loyalty. Well, you see, sir, before you say yes on the dotted line, we have to know one thing. We got to know that when Marcus comes back from beating up the Greeks, those loser Greeks, some of the other senators in the Republic, in the Senate, may not give him the laurels he deserves, may not give him the respect the dignity he, reserve, he deserves. And I'm wondering, we have to wonder, he has to ask before you sign on the dotted line, will you have Marcus's back? And this unemployed, used-to-be middle-class farmer who has fought for Rome his entire life, who is now on welfare, has no job, has no house, doesn't have respect of his friends, his kids, or his wife, looks at that recruiter in the face and says, I'm going to be an officer, right? And the recruiter says, Shit, yeah, man. Of course you are. You're going to get the whole thing. We wouldn't dream of it. You're going to be two ranks higher than you were. Marcus takes care. Senator Marcus takes care of his friends. And he signs on the dotted line. And right there is the end of the Roman Republic. Right there. In that question. In that asking. Will I, my life get better? If I give my loyalty to a man. Rather than to the state. To the Republic. To the government. That's the end of the Republic. Right there there in that conversation because now that soldier that farmer is now more loyal to a man than he was to his country and that's how the republic died in that conversation it didn't have to die there are attempts to reform there were people who saw it coming the most famous are the Gracchi the Gracchus brothers especially Tiberius, the first one, who says, we got to go back to the way things were. We got to go back. We'll give land to the poor. We'll break up these huge plantations. Now, the textbook may say it's about, it's about public lands, but let's be honest. 
all the rich people know sooner or later it's, it's going to be their 80,000 acre farm that they're going to have to break up. Now remember, 20 acres was enough to feed a family. 20 to 50 acres was plenty for a family. 80,000, you can just imagine how rich people were. And the rich guys looked at their plantations and said, you're not touching me. You're not touching my land. Well, no, no, no. It's just, it's just public land that Rome already owns. It's like out in Spain and stuff or, or up in the north. It's okay. It's not, we're not going after you. And they looked and they said, yeah, but sooner or later you will. You'll start there and you'll come after me. And so Gracchus tried to reform the economy. And he was a populist. He was a populare. This is why people today are very worried about um, the populist rhetoric, the alt-right. Republics have always been worried about populare, the guy who promises people everything. Only I can make it better. Those people are to blame. Support me. Because that's what destroyed the Roman Republic. And people saw it coming. Now, now conservatives will look at Gracchus and say, you're a populare. Because Gracchus will start by going to the Senate. He was a senator. He was one of the rich. But then he goes to the people to get his own power, to get, well, if I can't get the Senate to do what I want them to do, I'm going to force them to do what I want them to do by going to the people. I'm going to say to the people, I'm going to give you free land. Who would say no to that? And the idea is Gracchus would get all the power. And there was worry that Gracchus wanted to become king. And so what did they do? They murdered him. They didn't like his message. They didn't want to have to vote for it or against it. How would you like your name to be on the roll that said, voted against improving people's lives, of helping people become farmers again? You don't want that. It's just like voting for to give yourself a tax cut but to raise taxes on the middle on your middle class constituents no they may want to do that they don't want to be seen doing that and so they murder Gracchus in a long line of murdering people whose message you don't like to get rid of the message you murder the messenger so what we get is the senate won't reform the Senate isn't going to fix these problems. The Senate isn't going to fix inequality. And what that did was tear Rome apart. And so what you got was 100 years of civil war. Because if the Senate won't fix people's problems, there are people who will come along who say, I'll do it. So you get Marius versus Sulla. And Sulla will win and create a terror. He'll start murdering rich guys, confiscating their land. And he'll keep a lot of it. He'll keep 50%. But then he gives the other 50% to the, his army. And 50% of something is way better than the nothing the Senate was giving you. So people go, yes, yeah, Sully, you're right. He's going to murder his enemies. Put out lists. Then there's a lull, and the Senate kind of comes back. And then there's another civil war. Caesar versus Pompey. Caesar will win. And he'll get murdered by the Senate, which brings up another civil war of Octavian versus Mark Antony. Now, notice it's not the Senate. The Senate never wins. The Senate is always losing. 
Caesar versus Pompey, Octavian versus Mark Anthony is the age of the great conservatives, Cicero, Cato, the guys who keep warning this is the end of the world. But what they misunderstood was there was no loyalty to the Senate anymore. There was no loyalty to the Republic. There was a loyalty to who can make my life better. And Caesar promised it. And then it goes to Octavian or Mark Anthony. Now, why does that matter? Because Octavian is Caesar's heir, his nephew, his adopted son. He has the name. He has the family. He has the promises. The idea of Octavian is whatever Caesar promised, Octavian will deliver. He will keep all those promises. But Mark, but he's a child. He's 18. He's a kid. He doesn't have glory. He doesn't have glorious. He doesn't have octoritas. He's a kid. Mark Antony, though, is a man. Caesar's right-hand general, most trusted officer, a man who has won victories, who has helped him conquer Egypt, helped him win at Pharsalus against Pompey, who has been with Caesar every step of the way. If you are seeing a civil war come between Octavian and Mark Antony, you have a choice. Because if you're on the losing side, you're going to be butchered by fellow Romans. And so you looked at that and went, do I choose the heir and the family, or do I choose the capable commander, the general, the right-hand man? And some will choose one, and one, some will choose the other. Now, what ends up happening is Mark Anthony kind of burns himself out because he falls in love with Cleopatra, and decides he'd rather be Pharaoh of Egypt, which I'll grant you is a great job. But he's going to lose a lot of Romans when he kind of goes that way, when he starts employing Egyptian armies. He starts acting and dressing and tattooing like he's a, a, like he's a Egyptian Pharaoh rather than a stoic Roman. So a lot of guys who start with Mark Anthony in the early days kind of walk away and go to Octavian. And Rome itself goes to Octavian, worried that what Mark Anthony really wants to do is conquer Rome, make Rome Egyptian, slash Greek, and install Cleopatra as a queen, slash God. And Octavian was, was excellent at stoking people's fears of the other. It's kind of funny that Romans were so worried that Mark Anthony would bring in this, this decadent Greek culture and make everyone Greek when that's what's going to happen. The educated classes are already studying Greek. They're already learning Greek. They're already reading Plato and Homer. It's going to happen. But it was the fear of the other that Mark Anthony, through his marriage to Cleopatra and their children, would take over would, would allow the Greeks to conquer Rome by, by deception when Rome had actually won. And so what you get is a civil war and Octavian will win. And that win gets us the Roman Empire. One man who's going to run the show. There's no one else. There's Octavian who will be known as Augustus, the august one, the great one. And the Roman Empire, run by one person, is going to last 500 years. So the Roman Republic, run by a group, the Senate, 
lasted for 500 years, and the Roman Empire will likewise last for 500 years. And thus we'll get a thousand years of Rome running the European world. So in our next episode, we're going to talk about how Octavian reformed, what the Roman Republic, what the Roman Empire did, how it was different, how it acted. Thank you.